Dinks! Welcome to Dennis in the Know. This is your backstage pass for current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. I'm Dr. Jeff Horowitz. With me is Dr. Jennifer Bell. You know her as JB and Dr. Chad Duplantis. We are all practicing dentists. We are all educators and we are all business owners. Our job is to bring all of you in the know. gang, Jeff Horowitz with Dentists in the Know here at SmileCon. It's been an exciting time. We've seen a lot of great friends. I'm with, of course, my besties as always, Dr. Jennifer Bell and Dr. Chad Duplantis. But we have a very, very special guest with us today, too. His name is Mike Buckner. He's an executive vice president at Pearl. More importantly, he is an old dear friend from the dental industry. Mike and I and and I know Chad, Jennifer, you've both known Mike for a long time. Um, no better human being in the industry. I say that with full honesty. I truly do consider you, a, you a dear, dear friend. Um, and, and we're just so excited about the technology that Pearl is bringing to the forefront. I mean, Everybody is talking about artificial intelligence. That's become the buzzword. And, and I think some people are afraid of it, but what people need to understand is that we, we should be embracing this because it's making us better clinicians. It's, it's actually identifying more things that we have missed over the years. So tell us about your journey with uh, Pearl and, yeah. and, you know, just how this all started for you and, and where you see it going. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, thanks for having me on here. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've been with Pearl now coming up on about two years. And at the time, uh, I was actually doing some consulting with some uh, dental companies and I, I found out about Pearl. And, you know, I had been a part of a couple other dental startups in the past, uh, some, some dental tech companies um, and helped grow those. And, and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm done. Like, you know, the startup, it's, it's, it's a grind. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And when I found out about Pearl and what they were doing, I, I knew that this was going to change the industry. Uh, I got really excited about it. So had to be a part of it. And, um, and it's, it's been really exciting bringing a new technology into dentistry that, uh, still, you know, we're, we're, uh, we had FDA clearances in, uh, end of February last year, uh, beginning of March. And, um, we're just, we know we're just scratching the surface, you know, so it's, it's exciting. Hey, hey, Mike. <laughs> oh my God, I'm, like, I'm always, yeah. like, this one time yeah. at band camp. You remember that time that you called me and you're like, hey, Chad, you want to try Pearl? <laughs> I, I do. That was awesome. That, that was cool. That was awesome. He's really good. Cool. Yeah. But no, no. So all, all kidding aside, Mike called me a while back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. It's really cool. So stupid. Yeah. yeah. Mike called me a while back and was like, hey, you know, I'd like for you to, to try this in your office. And he gave me the pricing and everything. And he says, 
you know, I just want you to give it a go for a few days. And I want you to, to see what you think, kind of give me the good, the bad, the ugly. So anyhow, uh, I will say the first thing that happened was it was an incredibly quick onboarding process. It was very easy. It was like, you know, we talked on the phone, we had a short phone call, they logged into the system and boom, that's ready to go. Yeah. Then, you know, it was like, okay, log in. Well, the software that we use, which is, is Curve, uh, has a little click button that says, you know, Pearl Second Opinion. You click it, it opens up another screen, and then you're in the AI. I realized within one day how much I needed it. And it's not a need from a, I'm a crappy dentist standpoint. I mean, which, you know, that's the case. You know, <laughs> given. Yeah. But it's a need from an education standpoint for our patients. And I, I shared with you a video of basically how I walked through using Pearl on the very first patient that we used it on. And I'm blown away. And one of the things that I've noticed is that every day it gets better. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just assuming that that's kind of what AI does. But what are you all hearing from the people that are incorporating it? I mean, am I an oddity or is there, or are these people just blown away with the technology? No, that's, that's a good question. Um, there, there's a lot of misconceptions. I mean, AI, we hear about it every week. We hear about it in the news, uh, chat GPT. There's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of excitement and a lot of fear. Um, and, it's interesting because you know we'll we'll talk to we'll talk to some dentists that say why would I ever need AI in my practice to uh, to help me look at X-rays? I've been doing it for years. I I don't need the help. I'm I'm good enough you know as is. Um, where where I would challenge that is we're in kind of the day and age where it's not necessarily about what you think. It's more about what your patients think. Your patients want to know what you're doing to basically provide the highest standard of care in the practice. Now, the reason why AI is, is so impactful and why I really feel like this is going to change things is because the, the human eye has limitations on what, what can be seen on the gray scale. You know, the 30 to 50 shades of gray is about mm -hmm. what the eye can see. And with AI and artificial intelligence, it's able to differentiate between 500 and 700 different shades and tones of gray. There's just there's a lot that um, just can't be picked up by the human eye or is left to human interpretation. And so, um, you know, I've, I've shared this with you before, but where it really dawned on me was, you know, my, my wife, she went through breast cancer. She's doing great. Um, but they missed, they missed the diagnosis on the mammogram and they missed it on the ultrasound. And I'm realizing, I'm like, well, of course, there's, there's so much that's left up to human interpretation with, you know, different shades and tones of gray that I'm to the point where I will never let a loved one go get a mammogram that's not backed by AI. And there's also hardware variability as well. So, you know, even if you have the same dentist that's used to looking at radiographs with their sensors and their software, let's say, 
You take that same dentist and you put them now with a different monitor that's not displaying it the same way, or you have to change sensors or something like that, the image is not going to be what you've become accustomed to doing. And so I, I would agree with you. We, we just have such strong limitations. And, and a lot of what we do is patterning as well. So if there's anything really outside of those patterns, yeah. we're, we're, we're just not wired to really catch that. So right. I, that, that's why I think this is so important. And I also think that it's, you know, we reach a stage of, of kind of optical burnout at some point. I mean, mm-hmm. the way that we look at x-rays on a Monday morning when we're sharp is very different than a Friday at 5 o'clock when we should have been out of the practice a long time Did ago. you ever try to read an x-ray when your eyes were dilated? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, yeah. This is a PSA for uh, dentists that are going to have their eyes checked. Do not get your eyes dilated and try to, to read x-rays. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so I, I will say, you know, I know you guys mark it as a second opinion, and I love that. Um, but I disagree with it. I think it's a third opinion. Because I think I have to have my clinical examination, my radiographic examination, yeah. and then my pearl examination. Where I fear is that, you know, that people will abuse it, you know, because there's, there's now, there's, there's quote unquote proof in the pudding that, you know, you got this, you got this, you got this. But my hope is, is that the majority of dentists that are using it is that they're using it as a second or a third opinion. I think it's been an invaluable asset to my practice. I mean, it's just, it's just been so seamless and the team has really embraced it. And patients are just blown away when they're like, wait a second, you're using AI in dentistry. They don't realize we've been using AI in dentistry for a long time for crown proposals and whatnot. But now it's like, wait, you've got AI here? And and I always start with the AI turned off. We start walking through. And patients will usually say, you know, like, oh, do you see this on your radiograph? And they just know they're supposed to say yes. They're like, oh, yeah. And even inside, they're like, no. When you turn that on, it's like, oh, Yeah. 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 Well, and I love, um, I think co-diagnosis is now a pretty popular buzzword you're seeing in other lines of technology because it used to be, I'm the doctor, you trust what I say, you just do what I say because I see it and I went to all this school to be able to tell you these things. Patients aren't buying into that whole idea of that yeah. diagnostic conversation anymore. So I love saying, look, you don't have to be a dentist to see this. You have the radiograph up supported by the AI, and now you're co-diagnosing their care together. They're participating in that process. Then they're looking at you going, what are we going to do to fix this? That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. It allows it allows the patient, first of all, to for the first time, to see what you're seeing mm-hmm. and to understand it. Yeah. Because like you said, when the doctor, you know, oftentimes will point it out on the x-ray and they'll say, do you see this gray spot? And they're like, everything's great. What are you, what are you <laughs> talking about? You're going to have to different you. But then to have AI break down the different, the different parts of the tooth, yeah. the different, the different uh, components, the dentin, the enamel and different colors and, and show them not just where caries is, is detected, but also to show the exact breakdown to say, last time you were in, you know, the, the decay here was 17% in, into the dentin. Now we're 28% in the dentin six months later. So we see the progression. We know where this is going. And um, it turns that whole watch idea into an actual absolutely. process. Because otherwise it's like, I'm going to try to compare two different images. Yeah. And maybe I'll be able to pick up the differentiation on the grayscale that we've moved yeah. a little bit further. And I will say, just to, to, to make sure that it's clear, the AI... Is, is not there to diagnose, no. right? It's it's there to basically say, based upon the pixels that are seen here, there's a, a high likelihood that we're detecting caries within this area. 
it's always up to the dentist and yes. to the provider. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's there's an edit button there that in case you look at it and you say, well, d- based upon the angulation of this x-ray, I, I want to delete this one off or change this before showing the patient, you can absolutely do that. So, so I want to take this in a, in a slightly different direction because um, uh, one of our good friends, Dr. John Julian, and during his presentations, he's an educator as well. And, and one of the things that he likes to do is throw sets of bite wings up and then do poles around the room. And, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't know if you have any statistics on this, but the number of dentists that agree on the clinical lesions that need to be treated not treated, what should be a watch, what should be a do, you know, what is uh, cervical burnout. I mean, you can take a room full of the most educated dentist, and there's a lot of variability variability. there. And and actually, I love when he does that. And I think that's one of the, the biggest arguments there is that, you know, we need to take some of these other biases out. And I like to tell stories with my patients to, to make them understand why we invest in certain technologies. So, you know, Mrs. Jones, we know that, you know, I'm very good at reading these x-rays, but we also know 15 to 20% of the time we're going to miss something just because of a change in the contrast or, or for whatever reason. And so we've invested in a backup that's going to use artificial technology you know, to help identify some of those misses. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's such a big part of the mm-hmm. co-diagnosis process. But also the other piece I want to add to that is a lot of young dentists now, they want to prove return on investment before they invest in technology. And um, what I was blown away by, and, and even in one of your presentations, Chad, where you do such a good job talking about Pearl, is how many things we miss how much productivity is actually there already not diagnosed but that could be diagnosed and treated so i I think that's a big piece of this is that there's there's a very easy path to return on investment yes in fact oh go ahead well i was gonna say or the whole sway concept you know how dr coise talks about Mm. the sway book and how many clinicians will see it but they don't want to burden the patient with that conversation because the patient just came in and told you about their dying cat and they've got all these financial burdens. And the doctor's internalizing all that going, I can't be the person today to say, well, you also have 15 cavities. But they can turn some of that uh, heavy. They make the intelligence help carry some of that heavy. So the doctor's supporting the diagnosis not just by what they see, but also what the software is helping them to, you know, to, yeah. to visualize. And it allows the doctor to get that sway a little bit better managed because we're all guilty and susceptible That's a to great it. point. Yeah. So to, to both of these points, uh, you bring up a really, really valuable point. Um, and in fact, we, we did a case study around this where we actually took 136 dentists. We had them all review the same FMX and go in and annotate and, and mark and highlight and then come up with a whole mouth treatment plan with 136 dentists. It was fascinating. There was less than a 50% average diagnostic concurrence. We had treatment plans coming in from $300. I knew you'd have a statistic. That's why I was like, I'm throwing this out there. $36,000. Yeah. I mean, the range was massive. And here's the thing. I I, want to just make sure that it's, you know, I want to caveat this, that I understand dentistry is an art. Everyone's going to, to treat differently and that's great. And that's expected. However, it does become a problem when you have an associate that comes up with a treatment plan 
comes back in later to, to see you and you're like, well, actually, this is what we would probably recommend. Mm. That starts the mistrust, which then leads right. it to your part, right? Yep. Where it, this, this tool now allows the dentist to just present the data, present the data and have that shush moment where you put it up, you're silent, you let them see it all. And then together, the provider and the patient can now come together to decide the best plan of action, knowing that there's not going to be things left off the table, but you're going to leave it really up to them to say, here's what's going on. Now let's talk about how we move forward with treatment. Exactly. I think one of the biggest problems that we have in dentistry is prevention. I think it's talked about. I think it's misused sometimes in the practice, and I think it's ignored a lot of times in the practice. Um, what this has done for us and our friends, you know, in the other corporations that sell the fluorides and the MI pastes and all that stuff, they're really loving our office now because. Why are we watching things? Right. Why are we watching things? There's two decisions that come from this. Do we prevent or do we treat? Yep. Let's stop watching. And and that's where, I mean, it's taken me 25 years. Do you think he wrote that last night? That was good. I, yeah. Actually, that I was actually good. Okay. Yeah. That was good. You know, but, it was good. But I, it was good. Too. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I think we, we need to stop watching. We need to prevent or we need to treat. And, you know, as we come to a I close... I see lecture evolving. Here, Stop watching. As we come to a close here, I would like to point out two things. Do you think that Jerry Garcia knew how many shades of gray there were when he wrote the Shades of Gray song? Okay. I don't. And the yeah. second thing yeah. is, is that those people that wrote that book, it's a touch 50 of gray. Shades, yeah. Yeah. that's crap. <laughs> There's There's way more. I don't want any part of it. Yeah, yeah. a touch of gray. Yeah. A, a touch of gray. There's yeah. 700 touches of gray, according yeah. to Mike Buckner. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be part four. I'm going to have a talk with the rest of the Yeah, but if, if there were more than. You see AI, though, in 50 Shades of Gray. Yeah, well, like, yeah. What would you circle? What would you try and There'd be nobody in public. If, yeah, there well. were, if there were too many more shades of gray, there would <laughs> no. be like, no, everybody would That's be in their rooms reading books, right? Because they don't even know. That title will sell movie tickets. Yes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you very much. Mike. Hey, dude. You know, we you. love you. Great thank to you. have yeah, you, brother. Awesome. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Yeah. And that wraps up another podcast for Dentists in the Know. On behalf of Dr. Jennifer Bell, Dr. Chad Duplantis, and myself, remember that we've got a great profession. So let's make it a great day, dinks.